0: Welcome to Be Inspired, a new series of conversations about how we as a collective can find inspiration to live consciously and creatively in a rapidly changing world. Why? To keep us encouraged and hopeful for a better tomorrow and future for ourselves and our children. I'm joined today by my very first guest, Georgia Fullerton, and let me just say she is an inspiration. Georgia is a creative arts therapist working with expressive art therapy, a person-centered approach, and I know she'll tell us more about that. She holds a Bachelor of Arts degree in fine arts from York University, and she's been working with people experiencing various levels of distress since about 2017. She's currently working out of the Insight Clinic in downtown Whitby, as well as managing various other projects that I know she'll tell us more about. Georgia's had much success in supporting her clients to work through their challenges, to build personal strengths, and achieve balance and wholeness within their lives. So Georgia is out in the community making a difference. Welcome to the podcast, Georgia. Thank you, thank
1: you for having me, thank you Francesca, happy to
0: be here. I'm so happy you're here as well, and it's been a while since we've spoken, and I know you've been super busy, so what I want you to do is tell us about your community engagement, because I know lots has been happening, and you have collaborations coming up, you'll be speaking, so give us some highlights about what you're doing. Okay, thank
1: you. Highlights about what I'm doing, yes, so many things. Um, I'll start with the most recent, or what I will be doing this week. This week is a pretty Ah. intense week, the whole month of March, actually. But I will be presenting um, sort of my concept around a public art commission that's coming up. Um, And this is with the city of Pickering, So on Tuesday of this week, I'll be presenting uh, my idea, my creative idea around a wagon wrap project that's in the works. And it's uh, accompanying uh, a log barn exhibition at the Pickering Museum Village. So I'm gonna be presenting along with the public art coordinator on Tuesday, this idea uh, to the Cultural Advisory Council. um, And, what else am I doing uh, as a quick highlight I'm also um, wrapping up the first cycle of art as therapy with my local gallery station gallery here in, in, in Whitby and that is wrapping up that has been a successful first cycle that starts up again uh, third week of April Um, Other things that are happening, just being in community. Uh, Yesterday I was at the city of Pickering there commemorating first responders, nurses, anyone who was impacted, uh, well, we were all impacted by COVID but those who were on the front lines. And so I had a expressive arts therapy sort of stations set up along with other local artists and musicians and so on. And and, uh, so there's a lot going on as you can see.
0: Um, there certainly is. And I know, um, because I follow you on Facebook. So anybody listening in to definitely follow you on Facebook to get those highlights, because I've seen what you've been doing in the community, especially with the most recent project with the first responders. I thought that was so fantastic because you gave that story about somebody needing a hug. Oh my right? And that seems so like such an emotional, um, moment that you were able to really, um, pick up on. And I thought that was beautiful.
1: Thank you. It was, uh, you know, like so many things, they happen organically. And I believe in the energy that I bring to a space and that other people bring. And he Absolutely. just, it was a really incredible moment. So thank you for mentioning
0: that as well. Absolutely. You being in the right place at the right time, uh, especially to support that individual. Um, and, and again, with these other projects, the, the Wagon Wrap uh, project sounds very, very interesting. So I'm looking forward to finding out uh, what you'll, you'll, I guess, share with us on Facebook in regards to that. And everything that you're doing with the Station Gallery, we'll talk more about that. But wrapping up your first cycle already, I remember talking to you about it when it was... Um, um, still being put together. So on, on moving forward with all of these endeavors, it's all coming together beautifully, isn't it? I, it it
1: is, it's crystallizing, I think. And, and, you know, it's, it really, again, I'm going to go back to energy and, and the seeds that you plant in the past, that makes all the difference to what's happening in the present. I think.
0: It, It sure does. And, and so tell us, where your inspiration and motivation is is coming from? This is all about being inspired. So, what's inspiring you? <laughs> inspiration, you know, I think that's a
1: question we 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 often get asked as creatives, you you included, and you know, inspiration for me, nothing is ever pointed. I mean, I find inspiration from the simplest things. And uh, uh, I think when you look at the two and the duality of the two, inspiration and motivation, they can come from two completely different places. For me, I I think inspiration for me is just being able to um, see what's happening right in front of me and be very just consciously aware of that and how it makes me feel in the moment. So inspiration, I feel, has some kind of urgency to it or some some impulse, impulsivity to it, the idea of of that. Um, Motivation, the other side of it, um, that's a little bit tougher for me, (laughs) but motivation really comes from connectivity. It really comes from connecting with other, not just artists, but people who um, find the arts curious enough to want to explore i'm really motivated by how other people uh gather their own feedback around creating art and just making marks um motivation also comes for me from a family that's supportive and it could be your extended family it could be your immediate family and it could just be one person from a large family that that motivates your has undying faith that you'll get through what you get through you know okay. Um
0: yeah speaking of um inspiration and motivation then tell us whether it's a movement or styles that have influenced your work uh some of your your biggest artistic influences where does that come from wow um it could that- be a person it could be uh, something that maybe happened in your life that was, you know, great, yeah. big, huge for you.
1: Yeah. It's a, again, it's a, it's a wonderful question because um, the person being asked the question can open that up as far and wide as they want to. <laughs> and I have that tendency to, you know, go down this hole and go take that pathway. But it's, it's a great question to ask because of the fact that the, um, those styles and those experiences that have influenced me have been multiple and diverse. Okay. And so I think it's a wonderful question to, to ask. And I did not expect myself to be that artist that used my mm-hmm. own intuition mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. to create. Um, mm-hmm. And it's what has been driving me over the last, I would say at least 10 years, seven to 10 years. And that came... I'll say it was sparked initially by an artist. uh, At that point, he was in Philadelphia and I met, you spoke about Facebook. I met him on Facebook, Al Johnson. He's an abstract expressionist artist. And I saw my work, my future work in his work as I viewed it. Um, And so movements, things that inspire me. Yeah, it's, it's kind of wild. Things that inspire me now are very much intuitively approaching art making. And abstraction. Well,
0: that actually just goes right back to what you were talking about in terms of what has inspired you and your motivation coming from what you see in front of you, which you would have been on Facebook at the time and came across Al Johnson and then this connectivity that you spoke about. So it's um, a perfect answer to the question. And I'm going to turn it around and go back to inspiration Mm -hmm. and thinking of you as a that teacher and that therapist if somebody says to you Georgia in a class outside of the class listen I have no inspiration I don't even know what you're talking about I don't know where that comes from how how do you take that in being an art therapist and a teacher and there's so many things that come to my mind you know where do you go with this do you go with a cause for concern? Do you go with a, okay, let's give them some direction and a pathway? What do you do?
1: Great question again. And the best way for me to answer this and the right way for me to answer this based on my experiences, mm-hmm. I go, I help these people who come to me in this way. You have to approach people and bloom. help them bloom where they're planted, like meet them exactly where they're at.
0: Mm. and
1: again it it speaks again to being in the present moment Mm -hmm. and inspiration you know I might ask that person who comes to me and says I have no inspiration I don't know what that means it's it's zero on the scale of zero to ten um I got got nothing I I would go I would go right there and perhaps ask them how did you get here today you just came out of this session or this class or this place how did I
0: you get love here? Today? It. How did you get here today? Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. You know, it's, it's, it yeah. is about bringing things right to, and you know, I know that you are very much about the presence of things and the consciousness of things. Mm-hmm. So bringing the person right to their, bringing their awareness to a place where they can actually see it as the two of you speak on whatever problems there are. That's the first step exactly. as an educator. Exactly. Um, you know, I start as a therapist, I think, because I'm person-centered. I will, I will um, seek to f- follow that client or that expert, let's call it, because in expressive arts therapy, we do refer to the client as an expert. And I follow them and then guide to find that place where we can meet and actually sort of unearth in different ways, step by step. Let's let's retrack how you even got here to this place of no inspiration,
0: um, right. And right. I, that's a great answer. That's, that's a, a great way to open up dialogue and we need so much more of this dialogue happening. So let's, let's talk about your, your art therapy sessions. Cause that's what really gets me excited. Cause you're, you're just out there doing so much right now. And it's fantastic. I want to touch on emotional wellness, and factor in specific groups like Caucasians and BIPOC individuals trying to get their needs met instead of ignored. I want to know if you find that you're able to come and, are you able to come and like participate or are they able to come and participate in therapeutic art sessions as a healing tool that, that benefit them and, and how, and this is all coming from um the need to have like that wellness team, like those community leaders that have the diverse, let's say perspective. So those at the um, um, station gallery, inviting you in to to do what you're doing with them today, creating this diverse space and this representation that lets you tailor your unique programming for a more inclusive audience how are you getting your message out? So I want to talk about the emotional wellness factor and then how you're getting your message out to bringing in that greater, larger, more uh, diverse part of our community. Make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. And, and again,
1: well-crafted sort of inquiry as a question. <laughs> um, you know, like, because the, a lot of those things are true and they're letting you tailor. You have to, like, I'm very much a words play person too. And mm-hmm. this is why expressive arts is wonderful because it it culminates all of the arts, which every one of us is using some, if not all of them all the time. And this question about emotional wellness, I'll start there because yes. um, usually that's the huge draw for people who are, are looking for ways to feel better mm-hmm. um, their emotions are from one extreme to another or they're sitting in a place of huge suffering and discomfort and so you know I think in the groups that you mentioned you know BIPOC groups uh, outsider uh demographics of people um probably have the hugest need for Mm -hmm. emotional paying attention to their emotional wellness or getting the, the care for their emotional wellness Mm -hmm. and time and time again, in answer to the, the scenario you set up about, you know, perhaps one of these individuals taking part in my session. um, What do they, what could they possibly get out of it? Well, we know that emotional wellness is the thing that most people, they either have a really good hold on it or it's completely out of control. But the fact is that we have to live with our emotions regardless of what they are. In BIPOC communities specifically, I think this is a place where we can get a lot of understanding about who we are and and what things have either tainted our present or have affected our, our current situation based on the past. And in my classes, because I view myself as... A universal person and there's many reasons for that um that is how i'm able to start weaving this web of individuals whether from bipoc asian whatever whatever the other demographic is or the ethnicity is i find that the expressive arts and how i present it Mm -hmm. uh in in conjunction with great Community partners like Station Gallery, uh, Ontario Shores, like there's so many that are coming in. It acts like a web, you know. Right. One organization believes in you, wants to support what you're doing, and sees the need, and therein seeks maybe funding from another organization, or right. you know, and it and it goes that way. So I I suppose I'm answering this question in a
0: in a multiple way. It's okay. Um, <laughs> it's a great answer you know? I, I love where you're leading the conversation and hey it all ebbs and flows and connects yeah. and interconnects so I mean it's all coming together beautifully and how you're sharing your story of what you're doing with the opportunities that um, are coming in from community and that you're giving back out uh, to the people that you're serving in the community
1: yes you're you're so right and the message getting out is really about how you impact people while like how Mm -hmm. you really receive them those who do come into the session Mm -hmm. and many have come and said "Oh, i'm coming next week and i've started to create this closed group at station (laughs) gallery right now but yes in asking if it's helpful i just had a black woman in one of the sessions her first time coming she had physical immobility issues had to have a device to help walk extremely enthusiastic and Mm -hmm. that person was told about me through some of the work I do with the Robert McLaughlin Gallery as you know and and so the word gets out this way this woman had served her country uh, in, in a military way came out of it injured for life and had a lot to say and when you speak on black people specifically mm-hmm. coming into a space like this she did take up a lot of space on purpose and with my good support um mm-hmm. holding her and so yes in answer to your question around how does it serve those who are really also in need who are usually looked at as outsiders it serves us well because i choose to give them the space the floor mm-hmm. to use their voice and we all create together so it's a beautiful thing it really is
0: Thank you for sharing that story. What a wonderful story, Um, especially for the individual that was able to be a part of of what you are doing. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Um, Georgia, how, or maybe I should say where, would you point somebody in the direction of finding inspiration, especially if they're struggling? I know you had mentioned, you know, just just look at what's right in front of you. But when they come into a, a create my art story, uh, for example, and they're struggling and they're just sitting there, um, where how do you get them going?
1: Uh, again, that's that's another really good question because uh, I'll speak to my experience and, sure. and my training um, because we do. Um, we do have a process that that we refer to as expressive arts therapists that is low skill, high sensitivity. Okay. So right there, you know that with high sensitivity, uh, and I'm just going to give you another story. A 15 year old okay. came into one of the sessions. She came in with her mother, and her mother was quite talkative and. Yes, she wants to come in. And the 15-year-old was very, like, not saying anything, trying to scope the whole situation, realizing it's all adults here. Mm -hmm. But she came in, and I felt her sensitivity immediately. And so I said, take a seat beside me. So she sat beside me, and by the end of the session, she was not sharing uh, 100% like everyone else, but sharing nonetheless. It's a gradual holding that takes place it is something where I, I'm i aware that there are things going on internally with that person. Um, and for <laughs> them to be inspired and motivated, <clears throat> I would give them the recommendation that let's just begin with what you can do now. So whatever she made is, is the most valuable thing um, in that space uh, to her. But I guess I'm talking around the whole situation. It's really giving people advice around finding inspiration, it Mm -hmm. does have to come from their own internal resources. And that's what I try to do in in Create My Art Story. Mm -hmm. Everyone Mm -hmm. has their own art story, whether they're aware of it or not, what you chose to wear that day, what prompted you, and to ask yourself questions about why you made the choices you made. Why is it that my voice isn't loud today or that I don't wanna speak? Having compassion and curiosity um, for yourself is a place that I tell most people to begin. And if they can't speak that, then move it, or draw it, or paint it, or paste it, or photograph it. And that's, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm losing my voice now. And and that's how I try to bring forward what it means to create your art story. It is a process.
0: Right, right. right. And, and you've said it, again, you've said it beautifully. You're providing the detail and the information you're pro- providing exactly what I was hoping you would share with us. And I think it's so important because this is what people listening will be able to take in and know that because it is intimidating when you're going into um, some sort of a workshop that's been created, especially around art, Yes. but you're not so sure if it's for you and From my perspective and people listening to this today, I I do want them to know that it is for them and for them not to feel intimidated. And it's just, it's one step um, closer to um, just being comfortable with who you are and and joining in. It's so important to participate. And, And let's just shift gears a little bit and talk about creating a better world now that we have all these people that are uh, fired up and inspired and ready to come out and, and see you, Georgia, in one of your workshops, okay? <laughs> um, but I wanna ask you if you would say that you're living consciously, and, and why is it important for people to pay more attention to conscious living today?
1: Um, thank you for the question and um, all that you said prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of how we can feel less anxious in a space where creativity is, is meant to be natural. Um, You know, I think that question and the act of living consciously is so important specifically for me right now, because I've, I've made the efforts to identify the things that distract me (laughs) and throw my focus off um and I'll put a word to it too but I do want to say um in being able to demystify art making I think that's what he- that's what's helped me to live more consciously and look at everything as an act of art making and so um <clears throat> that's how I see that very phrase of living consciously and why is it important okay. um in this time to bring mm-hmm. it right to the present well what we've been through and still are going through is mm-hmm. uh, an unearthing of probably everyone's biggest fear is to to be in isolation indefinitely and not know not have any control over outcome so to speak mm-hmm. i'm talking about the pandemic of course. And I looked at that as a reset for people to start to understand what it means to hold compassion for yourself and others, to be very present and mindful of what you say, where you go, what you have, whether you need it, whether you don't. <laughs> and and so conscious living, I think is crucial and integral to just survival, because mm. no matter what the human experience is about suffering. So if you can, consciously be aware of what you need to stay away from, how you protect your energy and how you give to others. I think that's is, is that's reassuring for me.
0: Okay, okay. And that's really well said because it's about creating a better world. It's about, as I said, conscious living is the question and you're breaking it down into four points. Let's say it's the takeaway would be identify focus demystify and create what listen to you wow (laughs) (laughs) right and listen I mean we could go on and on but I think I want to wrap it up here I I do want to keep this um sort of on point and within 30 minutes love to invite people to come back and listen to us again so would you like to do this again what do you think you know, the answer. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> yes, I would. Thank you. Perfect. so Perfect. Perfect. Listen, everybody. Remember that hope is for the future. Finding inspiration. Well, that possibility is in the now living consciously is what we want to start doing today. Thank you again, Georgia. You truly are an inspiration and I look forward to doing this again really soon. Thank you for joining me today. Until next time, be inspired. Many thanks.